recipe for a good day. It must be Wednesday. We'll be talking food this next hour. Brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your convenience store. With more, you know they're open eight days a week. In case you're wondering, Jeff, does that include today? Yes, it does. It includes this Wednesday. And Wednesdays have become a lot different as far as giving the recipes, uh, the, the sale items are concerned. Because what we do now is the, um, the sale dates have changed. Uh, sale items at Little General run Thursday to Thursday now is we actually have uh, Wednesday specials that end today because those were continued through last week. And the Thursday specials will begin tomorrow on, um, well, you guessed it, Thursday. So what we have for you uh, today is we're going to just give you a reminder of the items you can pick up today, the final day of the sale items at Lowe's General Stores, and then we're going to give you what to look forward to tomorrow. So just a couple of uh, things to keep in mind. Today, the last day to pick up uh, the boneless chicken thighs. Uh, that is $1.89 a pound. Those are boneless chicken thighs ready to be cooked uh, to, uh, at your discretion. Uh, and from Dushmacher, it is the honey ham. I think that's another featured item. Five ninety eight freshly sliced honey ham, deli sliced ham. And I think that's what I'm going to get on my way home for lunch today. Some of that honey ham I did not. I was unable to make it out of the house this weekend to pick it up. So I want to get that today before that sale ends. And also from Alfresco, it's the turkey breast, eight eighty nine a pound. Classic triple M, classic roast beef, eight eighty nine a pound as well. Uh, so what what is the new items on sale this week? Well, we go from the honey ham sale that ends today, five ninety eight a pound, to our friend at Hummel Brothers and their ham off the bone at five ninety nine a pound. Also from Hummel Brothers, their oven brown turkey breast, eight eighty nine a pound. Now, for some reason, I do prefer. The Hummel Brothers oven brown turkey breast to the Alfresco. So I'll, uh, 8.89 a pound. I'll be getting myself a, a pound of that as well. Um, from Russer, it's Wonder Bar Bologna, 3.89 a pound. And you're going to need some cheese to go with all these luncheon meats. Well, Lando Lakes has you covered. Freshly slapped white American cheese for five eighty-nine a pound. The Genoa Capicola, hot or sweet, seven eighty-nine a pound at little general stores everywhere. Also on sale, premier item, short rump steak, five ninety-nine a pound, and the bottom round roast for only four eighty-nine a pound. Good pound, a good price on that bottom round roast. Uh in the KM Franks, old time Franks, they go for six eighty-nine a pound. Our friends at Boston Souths, they're contributing as well this week. Macaroni salad for four eighty nine a pound and Boston Salads Apocris six eighty nine a pound. Uh, do keep in mind last Monday the first winner of the drawings has taken place. So one week uh, down on the free raffles. What do we mean by that? We mean at any little general store location that you do make your way into, you can in fact enter to win a uh, a meat uh, a raffle it's a meat raffle but it's meat and more so it's a meat and more raffle uh, you can enter at any little general stores the value of each week's prize will be no less than two hundred dollars and there's no purchase necessary simply go into little general and enter to win you must enter each week for a chance to win meaning the raffle tickets are not carried over week to week so you must fill out an entry at your local little general stores in person one winner per week and again those drawings will be held on monday and there'll be no drawing worth less than $200, and that is an effort of Lord General to help you start your new year off right, thanking their customers for 2023 and giving them uh, some food to think about through 2024. Lord General Convenience Stores. It's your convenience store with more. They're open eight days a week where quality is their first priority. Quality, like, say, recipe for a good day. Recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-one socket, Manville Road and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield. Chapel Street in Boroughville and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grabbing gold meals perfectly prepared for you. Whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And of 
course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. Salami, Tommy. Give it the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plate too. Here's cacciatore, Dory. Taste the bologna, Tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. I fix your favorite dishes. Hoping this good food fills ya. Work my hands to the bone in the kitchen alone. You better eat if it kills you. Pass me a pancake, man, drink. Having a derby, derby. Look in the fender, mendel. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Thank you, Cab Calloway. Everybody eats when they come to my house. I hope they eat when they go to your house as well. And we're going to help you. We're going to be talking about the chowders as we continue the series we started actually last year. Soups and stews and chowders and bisques. Oh, my. It's the third edition. If you're keeping track, it is chowders. And a bowl, of course, a bowl of chowder. The perfect way to warm up on a chilly day and we certainly have cold weather this week but it can be really uh, enjoyed any time of the year and it can come in so many different forms so first let's talk about what is a soup what is a chowder as we talked about in, in november uh, soups can be thin and light chowder it's going to be rich and thick and like stew contains large chunks of meats seafood vegetables and notably will have potatoes in it but regardless of the ingredients chowder is always chunky and most variations are creamy except for like a manhattan clam chowder it uses a tomato base instead of a cream or milk, but it's always served hot, cold chowder. Well, that would just be weird. Uh, the chowder is rich, uh, hearty soups, seafood chowder. It starts with a nice base of a salt pork, bacon, a few mixed vegetables, onions, celery, potatoes, uh, creamy, in particular, uh, Manhattan chowder, which we will talk about with that tomato base a little bit later in the program. But regardless of what chowder you choose to make, there's a few things to keep in mind, such as how to make a chowder thick and creamy. How does it get its characteristic thickness and creamy texture? There's several ways to thicken a chowder. Roux, potatoes, cornstarch. The method you want, entirely up to you, but here's a breakdown of all three. We'll start with the uh, Woonsocket favorite, the French roux. Some chowder recipes call for making a roux, thickening agent made with equal parts of flour, and a type of uh, flat, fat uh, type butter, bacon fat is used in a lot of chowders or oil. You make a roux the same pot that you're using to make the chowder and you'll cook it just enough to lose its raw flour smell. If your chowder becomes too thick after you add the roux, you can always thin it out with a little milk or cream to learn exactly how to make a roux. Of course, there are many guides out there, um, but it is a simple thing. Just don't do it at a high heat because you'll quickly burn your flour. Um, another option is recipes uh, vary in the methods of making um, uh, the, the roux. We're going to go from a roux to a potato base. And potatoes are key ingredient in chowders. You can serve it as a thickener. The best result you use starchy potatoes. And on our last program, we actually broke down the difference between starchy and wax potatoes. Just to take a moment and remind you, you can hear past editions on Spotify. If you look up Recipe for a Good Day on Spotify, you favorite it, you'll, uh, you follow it, you'll get a uh, update uh, notification each time we post a new edition. Uh, in addition, you'll be able to scroll through past shows and I believe last week's program, when uh, we did the stews, has that breakdown of potatoes. But again, you're looking for starchy 
potatoes. So why not go with the russet? You want to avoid the waxy type potatoes, the red potatoes, the Yukon Golds. As the potatoes cook, they release their starches into the chowder. And if you're making a creamy chowder, cooking potatoes in any milk can cause the fat to separate. But you usually fix it by mixing in some warmed heavy cream just before you serve. Cornstarch, option three. If you want to use cornstarch to thicken your chowder, you'll need to make a uh, you need to make a uh, make it first. Now, simply mix the cornstarch, equal parts cold liquid like water but we talked about if you add water you're not adding any flavor so try using some sort of stock and then add the mixture to the chowder while cornstarch is the fastest way to thicken a chowder it also is flavorless and won't do much to enhance it otherwise the types of chowders we'll be talking about well, of course clam chowders why not clam chowder one of the most popular types of chowder uh we'll be talking about the new england clam chowder the manhattan clam chowder and the clam chowder names right here for the ocean state see if you can remember meanwhile which one is white which one is red and which one is clear we'll cover that a little bit later in the program uh corn chowder another perfect way to capture uh sweet corn uh, and if you don't have a uh, fresh corn you can also use frozen or canned corn but it's a thick creamy uh corn chowder that has many of the same ingredients and we're going to give you some options to flare it up just because the base is corn chowder doesn't mean you can't get more exciting on the added ingredients chicken chowder if you're a fan of clam chowder or corn chowder you're gonna love chicken chowder and it's fun to say chicken chowder it is just go ahead say it right now i don't care if you're in your car or your home say chicken chowder See, I told you it was fun, isn't it? Uh, anyways, uh, you can use the ingredients of virtually the same type of any chowder. In addition to the chicken, it makes for extra comforting. You can use diced chicken breasts, but the chicken thighs are less expensive. And remember, if you want to make a chicken chowder and you want to use those chicken thighs, today's the day to go to Little General because the sale ends on last week's items today. The final day to get your boneless chicken thighs for $1.89 a pound. Perfect for some chicken chowder. This is fun every time you say it. Uh, potato chowder. We'll be going through some of those uh, versions of potato chowder. It's easy to see why that works as a chowder, I am sure. Uh, seafood chowders, fish chowders, shrimp chowder. And then you're wondering, what do you serve with the chowder? Well, the best thing you can serve with any chowder is a bread bowl. I mean, does it get better than a bread bowl and chowder? A nice loaf of crusty bread. Take some uh, steps to serve it in a bread bowl. You can easily make a bread bowl from scratch as well. Um, you can make it with frozen dough or just hollow out a small Italian or French uh, uh, roll as well from a grocery store. And you scoop out the bread. It's a perfect way for making homemade croutons. Use that bread for that. But in addition to the bread, a simple green salad pairs well with chowders. Dress your greens with a tangy vinaigrette to balance out the richness of the chowder. And you are in business. Here on our recipe for a good day Wednesday. Uh, We do have clam chowders to talk about. Uh, We want to remind you, though, as we move through our 2024, if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed on Recipe for a Good Day, or maybe you have a question or tip, or you just want to share a recipe that, uh, that you enjoy, you can do it by email. If you have a question from your kitchen or a recipe you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Just email the show at asktheshef at WNRI.com. That's asktheshef at WNRI.com. I forgot to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. How do I go shopping now? What's on sale this week? I don't know what to feed Punky the Monkey. Well, Anna Marie, we have you covered all at LilGeneral.com. That's where you can find out what's on sale this week at all Little General locations. And now can listen to past editions of Recipe for a Good Day. Just go to LilGeneral.com. You'll see the tab for the weekly flyer. Click that. You'll see the specials this week at all Little General locations. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So if you miss a show or are unable to write down a recipe, now you can go listen anytime at your time at LilGeneral.com. Welcome to Cooking with Sam. All right, uh, number one, breakfast. Uh, For this, you'll need a bowl, some milk, and a spoon. First step, carefully place your bowl on the kitchen table. Pour the cereal inside that bowl, and then pour some milk slowly. And voila, you have what we like to call cereal. Um, 
Number two, lunch. For this, you'll need some bread, peanut butter, jelly, and a knife. All right, first step, place two pieces of bread on a plate. Apply the peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other. Combine both pieces of bread, and voila, you have a beautifully executed sandwich that we like to call PB&J. Number three, dinner. For this, you'll need uh, pretty much whatever you can find in, in your freezer. First step, take whatever you find in your freezer out and, uh, and throw it in the oven. You wait a bit, and... Um, you know, while you wait, just go through your phone. All right, then you carefully take it out of the oven and put it on a plate. Then, yeah, voila. You have a beautiful dinner for your, your, your whole family. All right, number four, drinks. For this, you'll need a uh, bottle of water, and um, uh, that's pretty much it. Carefully pour the water from the bottle inside of a glass cup. Add a few cubes of ice if, if you're feeling kind of crazy. Then, voila, you, you have a classic drink that we like to call a glass of water. That Reynolds wrap by here, Betty. You bet you, Pat. Reynolds Wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds Wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds Wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. Well, my fellow gastronomes, are you enjoying winter yet? Yes, southern New England can bear an array of various weather patterns that dictates family-friendly comfort foods. And what better time than now to give you the heads up on Cumberland Street Little General Stores offering three soups every day. It's just one of the many things that make it a true convenience store. Today, I'm reminded of one of that store's occasional offerings amidst the science of it. My wife is a huge fan of stuffed pepper soup, as it is you imagine it to be. Yes, now I realize stuffed peppers are a New England diner staple. But as I remind you what was offered about a year ago, if you look at any restaurant's menu, appetizers, entrees, even some side dishes, no matter what style of cuisine, every item can translate beautifully as a homemade soup. As I research the Internet for recipes, I find almost every food blog has something about stuffed pepper soup. Now... Instead of going through the lengthy recipe, allow me to share why this soup works, especially in sub-freezing temperatures. First thing is to develop how your stock is made, whether roasting the beef bones or using a bone broth or a beef base. Then whatever recipe you use, you need to have the other ingredients prepped and ready to go. You know, mise en place. Oh, on a side note, every stuffed pepper recipe has rice. May I introduce you to the method I was taught by Gordon Ramsay himself. Okay, okay, it was a YouTube video, but so what? Thank you, Jeff. Uh, go to YouTube.com and search this video, How to Cook the Perfect Rice slash Gordon Ramsay. This method takes about eight to nine minutes, and it turns out so fluffy and gorgeous. I've been cooking this rice this way for a few years. Set the rice aside. You can use any ground meat you want, but please make sure of the ultimate quality if you're not grinding it yourself. Before any other ingredients are added, you'll need to decide if you want your stock unthickened, a little thickened with a cornstarch slurry like he just uh, r reminded us of, or a lot thickened with a roux. Then, there are a few other options of tomato to use, whether tomato sauce, because that will determine how you season it the rest of the way, or stewed tomatoes, which will require more seasoning, and it gives you more control. Now, your stock is hot. Start adding the meat, then the vegetables, and when you serve it, dust the top with freshly grated Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, and let your taste buds do the happy dance. Friends, always check out Little General's Daily Soup Bar, as it changes daily. You will find, as my wife and I have, there is a soup for everyone like Jeff's is going to tell us about. Also, remember that coffee is available for 99 cents any side, and the grab-and-go has varied entrees. If you make this stuffed pepper soup, email us with your success stories at asktheshef at wnri.com. For a recipe for a good day, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds wrap. Wouldn't you hate to be without it?
We are here on Recipe for a Good Day. We're going to be talking about the world of clam chowders, probably a little seafood chowders. We have another uh, segment with Johnny Reynolds coming up right after that, and then we'll get into some other types of chowders to enjoy. But it is New England, so we're going to start off with a more traditional New England clam chowder. But before we get there, I just want to go over a few things that will be universal across your clam chowders, and specifically here with the New England clam chowder. Um, A- these are some uh, mistakes people can make and how do you get out of them. One, too much thickener. Um, a little starch can give a tongue coating, but richness to creamy uh, chowders. But whether it's flour, cornstarch, potatoes, whatever it is, uh, we're all in for a little boost. But you shouldn't be able to stand a spoon up in the bowl. So tread lightly, folks, here, or do what Julia Child used to do and just use cream. Uh, mushy potatoes, another problem. Uh, some chefs cook potatoes in broths. Others simmer them separately in a bit of water. But either way, it's fine. The key here is to avoid overcooking them. The longer your potatoes cook, the more they'll break down. Um, and you'll want a, a bit of texture. But if you bite into the potato, so once you add those spuds, the clock is ticking. Do not let them go for too long. And for maximum control, you can actually cook them alongside the chowder, drain them, and then simply add them at the end, which would be wise to do. Overcooking your clams and fish, that's another big problem. Uncooked clams, of course, need just 5 to 10 minutes in the pot, depending on the size and whether they're ready to be shucked. Canned clams only need to be heated through. And fish needs mere minutes. So too much boiling and you'll have little rubbery uh, clams or uh, crumbly dry fish. Oversalting, another problem. If you eat pork, you'll start your chowder off with some bacon or salt pork. And then if you're cooking with clams, you're adding another salting ingredient to the mix. So before you grab your salt shaker, check the flavor of the broth and then season it accordingly. And one mistake, yeah, if you're trying to stretch it on a dime, you're not using enough seafood. Have you ever had a restaurant chowder with plenty of potatoes and just maybe one or two clams? Yeah, it's a real bummer, ain't it? So be generous with your proteins. How much seafood do you need? Well, for a standard chowder, chowder, it yields about eight servings. You'll want one pound of clam meat or two pounds of fish. So those are just some things to keep in mind in general when you're dealing with New England clam chowder. And now we're going to get into a recipe of your traditional New England clam chowder. It's about 40 minutes to prep, but even less time to cook. Um, so here we go. Your ingredients, we're going to start with uh, 12 fresh cherry stone clams, 3 cups of cold water, 2 bacon strips diced, 1 small onion chopped, 2 medium potatoes, peel and chop them, uh, quarter teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of pepper, Two tablespoons of all-purpose flour, one cup of whole milk, or and a half cup of half-and-half half cream. The directions are simple. You're going to tap your clams. Discard any that do not close. Uh, place clams in water uh, in a large saucepan. Bring it to a boil. Reduce heat. Cover and simmer for five to six minutes. And again, if your clams are already open, they're dead. Toss them. Don't cook them. Don't eat them. Uh, remove the meat from the clams. Chop the meat. Set it aside. Strain the liquid through a cheesecloth lined colander and set it aside. In a large saucepan, you're going to cook that bacon over medium heat until it crisps using a slotted spoon. You can then remove it to paper towels. You can saute the onions in the drippings until they are tender. And then return that bacon to the pan. Add the clam meat, the reserved liquid. Stir in your potatoes, your salt and pepper. Bring it back to a boil. Reduce that heat. And you're going to cover and simmer it for about 10 to 12 minutes. The potatoes should be tender by that point in time. Then you can combine your thickening agent, your flour, and your milk until it's smooth. Combine those two. Then gradually stir it into the soup. Turn it into a chowder. Bring it to a boil. Cook it and stir it for about two minutes until it thickens up. You can gradually stir in some cream to get it where you want it. Heat it throughout, but once the cream is in there, do not let it return back to a boil. You have a very simple, traditional New England clam chowder. But maybe New England clam chowder isn't your goal. Maybe you don't like the white chowder. Maybe you like the red chowder. Well, for that, you have to go to Manhattan. And just to show you that you can do it differently, let's do our Manhattan clam chowder in a slow cooker. Uh, We're going to start here. With your Manhattan clam chowder, with one large onion chopped, one can of sliced potatoes drained, one can of sliced carrots drained, one uh, two cans of chopped clams, two cups of reduced sodium tomato juice, 
one and a half cups of water, half cup of tomato puree, one tablespoon of dried parsley flakes, one and a half teaspoons of dried thyme if you have the time, a half teaspoon of salt, one bay leaf, and two whole black peppercorns. And the method's very simple because you're using your slow cooker after all. So in about a, a three, four quart uh, slow cooker, you can combine all your ingredients. It's simple. Cover it. Cook it on low for eight to ten hours. Then the vegetables will become tender. Of course, pull that bay leaf out and discard the peppercorns as well. And you can enjoy your slow-cooked Manhattan chowder in a mere eight hours. <laughs> We're going to get back to the ocean state here with our Rhode Island clam chowder. And that is what is known as the clear clam chowder. And this one is going to utilize the quahog clams. So you're going to look for about 24 quahog clams, about eight pounds here. Uh, you're going to scrub them. Uh, five ounces of, you know, five ounce uh, slab of bacon. You can cut them into half inch pieces. Two tablespoons of unsalted butter. One small onion diced. Uh, you're going to use one and a half pounds of Yukon gold potatoes here, peeled and cut into half inch cubes. One teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce, freshly ground white pepper, and chopped fresh parsley is an optional for your topping. You can simply rinse the clams several times under running cold water, transfer them to a large pot, uh, add about three and a half cups of water, bring them to a simmer over medium heat, cover and cook them until the clams open up. That's about eight or ten minutes. Then remove the clams with a slotted spoon, transfer them into a deep bowl as they open, cover with a plastic wrap so they don't dry out, and strain the broth through a, again, fine mesh sieve into a large bowl, and you can wipe out the pot and then pour in the strained broth back into that pot. Meanwhile, you're going to stir the bacon in a large skillet, cover it about two inches of water. You can uh, bring it to a simmer over medium heat. You're going to cook that about 10 minutes. You're going to drain it, return the bacon to the skillet, add one tablespoon of butter, cook it until that bacon starts to brown about five minutes or so, then transfer the bacon back to the pot with the broth. Again, wipe out that skillet, add the remaining one tablespoon of butter, the onion, uh, to the skillet, cook it over medium heat until the onion is translucent. It's about five or six minutes. You can add the onion to the broth along with the potatoes. Bring it to a simmer over medium heat and cook it until the potatoes are tender. That only about 10 to 12 minutes. You're going to remove it from the heat, stirring the Worcestershire sauce and about a half teaspoon of white pepper. When the potatoes are cooking, you can remove the clams from their shells and give them a rough chop. Then add those clams to the soup. And cook it until it's heated throughout about one more minute. Then ladle it into the bowls, top it with the charred parsley, and enjoy your chowder. And again, if you want a little thicker, you can add more of that half and half cream. The Rhode Island clam chowder, the Claire clam chowder. Now, for all three of these clam chowders, if you're looking up recipes for clam chowders, it'll really depend on what part of the country it is in when it comes to one ingredient. And what you'll notice is many of the East Coast ingredient lists do not include an object that is there on the West Coast forms of the chowder. And it's an interesting item called celery. So you can make that an option. Uh, I, I've seen so much of that this morning, taking a look at the West Coast side of the recipes. And I brought Johnny into the studio and I said, Johnny, um, what do you think of this recipe? And he had this to say about the celery. No. All right. Thank you, Johnny, for that. But if you're on the West Coast and maybe you're a 49ers fan, go ahead. Try the celery and let us know what you think about it. Um, but celery is one of those items. It comes up all the time on the program to add it or not. The choice is yours. Uh, the same thing with um, with meat pies. So some recipes I've seen include the celery and some do not. The world is yours because the kitchen is yours. Therefore, you make the rules and you are the chef. Uh, that covers uh, three forms of clam chowder. Here on the program, uh, we're going to give you uh, just uh, another uh, recipe or two. Then we're going to get to the seasonings with Johnny Reynolds. But we're going to just finish off our seafood with what is called Grandma's Seafood Chowder. Here we're going to use three tablespoons plus a quarter cup of butter divided, one pound of sliced fresh mushrooms, three quarter cup of all-purpose flour, one teaspoon of salt, an eighth a teaspoon of pepper, four cups of half and half cream, one and a half cups of two percent milk. One pound of haddock fillets, skin removed, cut into one-inch pieces. One pound of uncooked medium shrimp, peeled and deveined. 
two cups of frozen peas, about 10 ounces, three-quarter cup of shredded cheddar cheese, one cup of lump crab meat, about five ounces drained, one jar, about four ounces of diced pimentos drained, and one teaspoon of paprika, optional. Um, the method for this seafood chowder, again, very easy. You're going to use a, um, a stock pot. Heat the three tablespoons of butter over medium-high heat. You're going to add in the mushrooms, stir it, cook it until it's tender in about eight, and four, eight minutes or so. Remove them from the pot. Now, in that same pot, you can heat the remaining quarter cup of butter over medium heat. Stir in the flour, the salt, and the pepper. Whisk it into the cream and the milk. Bring it uh, just about to a boil and stir it con- constantly and then cook it uh, for about two to three minutes and you'll notice it becomes that thickening agent. Then you can simply stir in the haddock, the shrimp, the peas, the sautéed mushrooms. You're going to cook it until that fish begins to flake easily with a fork and the shrimp turns pink. Maybe about five to seven minutes. Then add in the cheese, the crab, the pimentos. Stir it gently until that cheese gets melted. And if you want, you can sprinkle some paprika on the servings for your seafood chowder. And one more here on the on the fish list, and that is the simple shrimp chowder. Shrimp fans love this shrimp chowder. And it's great if you have any leftover potatoes. You can use canned ones as well. But a half cup of each of the chopped onion, celery, carrot, sweet red potato, sweet red peppers. Again, you can leave the celery out if it's not in your in your world. A quarter cup of butter cubed one quarter cup of all-purpose flour, two cups of 2% milk, a half pound of cooked shrimp, which is going to be uh, peeled and deveined, uh, one can of four and a half ounce uh, diced uh, t- potatoes drained, one cup of vegetable broth, one cup of frozen corn, you know, let that thaw out, two teaspoons of seafood seasoning, and a teaspoon of minced fresh thyme if you have the time. Or if you're not using fresh, about a half teaspoon of dried thyme. Additional minced fresh thyme can be optional if you really like it, but be careful on it. Some will like it, some will not. So I always say go minimal and people can add more. A large saucepan, saute the onion, the celery, the carrot, and the red pepper and, and butter until it's tender, about five minutes. Stir in the flour until it blends and then gradually add your milk. Return it to a boil, cook and stir that thickener for about two minutes and then add the shrimp potatoes, the broth, the corn, the seafood seasoning and the thyme. Then reduce that heat, let it simmer for about ten minutes. It'll heat throughout and if you want, you can add some additional chopped fresh thyme on it for a garnish or you can simply enjoy as it is but there are so many variations of seafoods and clam chowders out there you can search out the recipe world and find out which one is right for you we are continuing our chowder conversation after our next segment with johnny reynolds so what's next well it is the uh, the newer feature that has returned and well here it is and now, it's time for Seasoning's Greetings, a segment dedicated to all things that add flavor to our favorite food. And here is your host of Seasoning's Greetings, the Sage of Stroganoff, the Baron of Barbecue, the Prince of Piccata, Johnny Reynolds Jr. This is a segment that focuses on spices, herbs, and other flavorings that enhance your recipes. And this morning we'll focus on a worldwide favorite that's also been immortalized in song to some degree. Thyme, T-H-Y-M-E. It's used in a number of cuisines including European, British, Mediterranean, African, Latin, and Central American, Regional American, and the Caribbean. Now, fresh and dried thyme is commonly available in the refrigerated product section at your supermarket. Use the destemmed leaves or add it to dishes whole. The thyme plant is robust and hardy and will proliferate in your home garden during grown months or in an indoor planter year-round. So, what is thyme? It's an herb whose small leaves grow on clusters of thin stems. Thyme is used to season all kinds of dishes, either by itself or part of a blend or like bouquet garni alongside other common herbs like rosemary, sage, and marjoram. Jeff, have you ever used a bouquet garni? A bouquet? No, I haven't. I didn't catch it at my, my sister's wedding. Oh, good. This is something where you put those elements in a cheesecloth, tie it with a, a string, tie one end to your stock pot so you don't lose it anywhere, and then into the soup it goes. What a flavoring. Like if you're going to make beef bourguignon. Oh, my word, it's so great. 
Common thyme and lemon thyme are the varieties most often used in cooking. Lemon thyme looks similar to common thyme, but offers a distinct lemon aroma and flavor. You may also encounter woolly thyme, creeping thyme, wild mountain thyme, and alpentine, all of which are better suited for rock garden filler than in the kitchen. The Silencers are a Celtic folk band who recorded a wonderful arrangement of that song, Wild Mountain Time. And you'll remember, as I stated before, Simon and Garfunkel's song, Scarborough Fair. It has parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Fresh thyme has a pronounced concentrated herbal flavor with sharp grass, wood, and floral notes, kind of like lavender and rosemary. Lemon thyme's citrus fragrance is the most prominent note in that variety. Now, thyme can be used in its whole form on the stem or by picking individual leaves from the stem with a gentle pinching motion at the base of each leaf cluster. Thyme leaves can be added, whole, or chopped to a dish at any stage of cooking. The longer they cook, however, the more flavor they'll provide. Thyme stems are fibrous and won't break down during cooking, so if using whole thyme stems, pick them out and discard them before serving. If baking with thyme, you can remove the small individual leaves from the stem beforehand or use dry thyme, which has already been destemmed. Thyme is typically used in savory dishes like braised or roasted meats, vegetables or fish, as well as savory baking like breads. It can also be used to add flavor and depth to marinades, soups and stocks, chowders, kale elements and teas, and also pan-grilling steak. Thyme sprigs are used to infuse the bubbling butter as you baste the steak in the last part of that cooking process. Folks, there you have it. A time tutorial when you have time. Let's get back now to more Recipe for a Good Day on WNRI. I'm Johnny Reynolds. Parsley, Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you. Good old country music must be time for some easy chicken corn chowder. Yeah, Why not? Let's have some of that easy chicken uh, corn chowder. Uh, we're going to do some corn chowder. We'll give you potato chowder. Then we'll write out the rest of the time with some vegetable chowders as well. Easy chicken corn chowder up first, though. Here's your ingredients. Three tablespoons of butter. One small onion, finely chopped. Again, celery, the great debate. It's in this one. One celery rib, finely chopped. One small sweet red pepper, finely chopped. Two cans of cream-style corn. One and a half cups of chopped cooked chicken. One can of reduced fat evaporated milk and one teaspoon of chicken bouillon uh, along with a half teaspoon of pepper. Eight bacon strips. Cook them, crumble. What you should do here, though, what I do, cook ten, means I can eat two, use eight in the stew. A large saucepan. Heat the butter over medium-high heat. Add the onion, the celery, the red pepper. Cook it and stir for about six to eight minutes until it becomes tender. Then simply stir in the chicken, the milk, the bouillon, and pepper. Heat it throughout. Stir it occasionally, but do not boil it. Then top it with the bacon. A very easy, simple chicken corn chowder that's sure to delight even north of the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, how about uh, some, um, take it to another level. Let's, let's get a little adventurous with our corn chowder, though. Let's have some Mexican, it's Mexican street, yes, corn chowder. Yes, and for that we have... Mexican street music, indeed. It's Mexican street corn chowder. And you'll love this one. We're going to use the slow cooker for it. And we're going to use about 10 airs of fresh corn, about five and a half cups. uh, One and a quarter to two cups of water. Six bacon strips chopped. Two small onions chopped. 
two small green peppers chopped, one jalapeno pepper seeded and finely chopped. Again, use gloves to keep your hands out of your eyes. One teaspoon of ground chipotle pepper and two teaspoons of salt, three-quarter teaspoon of ground cumin, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, one cup of heavy whipping cream, and one medium line zested and juiced. Now, optional toppings could be fresh cilantro, lime wedges, sliced jalapenos if you want even more heat, chopped bell peppers, crumbled uh, cheeses. It can all be yours. Um, the method's very easy here. You're going to cut the corn off the cobs, rub the edges of a knife over each cob to milk it, so to speak, and then add enough water to the cob juice to equal about two cups. At that point, the corn and the liquid will be added to your slow cooker. Uh, in a large skillet, cook that bacon over medium heat until it crisps about five to seven minutes. Remove it with a slotted spoon. Drain on paper towels. Now, discard the drippings, reserving two tablespoons for the pan. Add the onions, the green peppers, the jalapenos to the skillet. You're going to cook it and stir it over medium-high heat until it's soft. It's only about three to four minutes. And then go ahead and add the seasonings and cook it for one minute longer. Then transfer it all to the slow cooker. You're going to cook it on low, but only for about four hours. Then that corn will become tender. The mixture will thicken slightly. You can stir in the cream, the lime zest, and lime juice if desired. Uh, you can puree mixture with an immersion blender if you want to get a desired consistency. But you can garnish with the reserved bacon. Sprinkle it with optional toppings as desired and enjoy your Mexican uh, Mexican uh, street corn chowder. that Mexican corn chowder. Uh, we're going to go to potato chowders here. We talked about potatoes and their use in the chowder world. It's a very simple potato chowder. Eight cups of diced potatoes, three cans, about 14 and a half ounces of chicken broth, one can of condensed cream of chicken soup, undiluted. A third cup of chopped onion, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, one package of cream cheese, cubed, softened, and about a half pound of sliced bacon cooked and crumbled as an option. Uh, some minced chives could be another option for topping it. Uh, again, your potato chowder is going to utilize that slow cooker. Just easily combine those first five ingredients. Cover and cook it on low for about eight to ten hours until the potatoes become tender. Then very easily add in the cream cheese and stir it until it's blended and you can garnish it with the bacon and chives if you so desire for a very simple easy to make. Uh, 15 minutes to prep, 8 hours of cooking in a slow cooker. But the potato chowder uh, is something that any novice would easily be able to make their way through. Before we turn to the world of vegetables, we're going to give you one more meat chowder. And just again, to show you the variety and the depth of which you can make a chowder, um, you can have a ham chowder. Sure you can. You can have a ham and cheese ham. You can have a ham and cheese chowder. Matter of fact, you can make, we're going to make a cheesy ham chowder right now. Um, this is really something that the kids will enjoy too. Ten strips of bacon diced, one large onion chopped, one cup of diced carrots, three tablespoons of all-purpose flour, three cups of whole milk, one and a half cups of water, two and a half cups of cubed potatoes, one can of whole kernel corn drained, Two teaspoons of chicken bouillon, pepper to taste, three cups of shredded cheddar cheese, two cups of cubed fully cooked ham, and some minced fresh parsley as an optional garnish. It's a 30-minute prep. It's a 30-minute cook, so in about an hour you can have this cheesy ham chowder. Uh, Dutch oven, cook the bacon over medium heat, a little crispin, slide a spoon, remove it, drain it on paper towels. In the drippings, saute the onions, the carrots until it's tender. Stir in the flour until it's blended and then gradually add the milk and water and return it just about to a boil. And then cook it and stir for about two minutes until it's thickened at a lower heat. Add the potatoes, the corn, the bouillon, and the pepper. Reduce the heat and simmer it on cover for about 20 minutes. The potatoes will become tender. And then you can add in the cheese and the ham. The cheese will melt quickly. Then stir in the bacon. And if it's desired on the serving, you can garnish it with parsley or any additional bacon that may be left over. But a nice cheesy ham chowder. Again, just illustrating 
that there's almost, it's almost a, an endless uh, bound of chowders available to you. Well, what we have now, though, is some vegetable chowders to deal with. We're going to deal with a broad one first. And then we're going to show you how you can actually, if you have a, a specific vegetable, you can actually uh, gear a chowder around that said vegetable. But we're going to make a creamy vegetable chowder here. A nice, uh, rich, comforting one that can be uh, either easily doubled or tripled. You can lower the fat content if you want. On any of these chowders by using turkey bacon, vegetable broth, and skim milk. But it's a, either way, um, you need a thickening agent. For this creamy vegetable chowder, uh, three-quarter pounds of sliced bacon chopped. Two large onions, two medium carrots, two celery ribs, two medium parsnips, and two small turnips. Three-quarter cup of all-purpose flour. A half teaspoon of salt, a half teaspoon of cayenne pepper, two cartons of chicken broth. They're about 32 ounces each. One medium sweet potato peeled and chopped. Three small red potatoes chopped. Two bay leaves one tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce, and a quarter teaspoon of hot pepper sauce. Uh, one cup of half-and-half half cream, along with a half cup of minced fresh parsley. Uh, this is going to be a bigger chowder. It's going to serve about 12, actually, servings. But in your Dutch oven, cook the bacon over medium heat. Let it crisp. Remove it to a paper towel. Drain that, reserving three tablespoons of the drippings. Uh, chop in the onions, the carrots, the celery, the parsnips, and turnips. Add it to the pan. Cook it and stir for about six to eight minutes until it becomes fragrant. Sprinkle vegetables with a flour, uh, with salt, with cayenne. Stir in the blend. Actually, you're going to gradually add in the broth to bring it back to just about a boil. You're going to cook it and stir it for about two minutes until it's thickened. And then stir in the sweet potatoes, the bay leaves, the Worcestershire sauce, and the pepper sauce. Reduce heat, cover, and center for about 15 to 20 minutes until the potatoes are tender. Stir in the cream and the parsley. Heat it throughout. Then discard the bay leaves and serve it and enjoy this creamy vegetable chowder. But if you want to isolate and, and narrow it down, you can do so. Uh, we'll show you, too, what I'm talking about. A creamy asparagus chowder. Two medium onions chopped. Two cups of chopped celery. A quarter cup of butter. One garlic clove minced. A half cup of all-purpose flour. One large potato peeled and cut into half-inch cubes. Four cups of whole milk. Four cups of chicken broth. One half teaspoon of dried thyme. One half teaspoon of dried marjoram. Two uh, four cups of chopped fresh asparagus, cooked and drained. Salt and pepper to taste. Sliced almonds is a nice option. Shredded cheddar cheese, as well as some chopped fresh tomato uh, for a topping. Uh, and what we're going to do here is two steps. One Dutch oven. You're going to saute your onions, your celery, and butter. Let them tenderize. You can add in the garlic. You can cook it a minute longer. Then stir in the flour. Add the potato, milk, broth, and herbs. Cook it on low heat, stirring it occasionally until the potato is tender. The soup will thicken in about 20 to 30 minutes. Then add in the asparagus, the salt, and the pepper. Heat it through to sprinkle uh, with almonds if you want. If you if you have an allergy, obviously no almonds. Um, you can top it with your cheese. You can top it with some chopped tomato and enjoy this asparagus-driven chowder. Uh, carrots is another chowder that you can centralize around. Uh, one pound of ground beef, browned and drained, a half cup of chopped celery, a half cup of chopped onion, one cup of chopped green peppers, two and a half cups of grated carrots, one can of tomato juice, about 32 ounces of tomato juice, two cans, about 10 and three quarter ounces each of condensed cream of celery soup. Again, that's two cans of condensed cream of celery soup undiluted half cups of water one and a half cups of water a half teaspoon of garlic salt a half teaspoon of dried marjoram two one teaspoon of sugar and a half teaspoon of salt as well as some shredded monterey jack cheese in a dutch oven you're going to combine all the ingredients except the cheese bring it to a boil reduce heat and simmer covered uncovered uh, for about one hour until the vegetables are tender and you can sprinkle each serving with some cheese so you can even make a 
carrot chowder. There are so many different chowders out there to choose from in the world. And uh, I don't even know if we'll have time to try them all in our lifetime. But we'll have fun trying, that's for sure. So that leaves one edition left on the series. The series is soups and stews and chowders and bisques. Oh, my. And week three, we've done the soups. The stews and the chowders, which will tell you we have one left to go, and that will be on the bisques. Meanwhile, before we leave, I want to remind you of what is happening with the little general convenience stores. The sale item dates have changed. Sale items now, in effect, Thursday through Thursday. So that means today on this Wednesday is the final day for last week's or the uh, current uh, sale items. So it's your last day today to head down to Little General Stores and enjoy the Duschmacher ham for five ninety eight a pound. Freshly sliced at their deli, the alfresco turkey breast, eight eighty nine a pound. The boneless chicken thighs, perfect for a chicken uh, chowder, $1.89 a pound. That ends today on the sale items. The mush chef bologna, $2.49 a pound. That ends today, that particular sale price. Um, and, and boy, what a good price for, um, this is by Summer Made, freshly sliced white American cheese, $3.99 a pound. Yes, at all low general locations. Three ninety nine a pound for freshly sliced white American cheese. That honey ham for five ninety eight a pound. Those sale prices end today on Wednesday. Starting Thursday, and this will include our Saturday listeners, these are the sale items in effect starting tomorrow. Ham off the bone, five ninety nine a pound by Hummel Brothers. Also by Hummel Brothers, the oven brown turkey breast, which is my favorite deli turkey breast, for eight eighty nine a pound. Russia Wonder Bar Bologna, three eighty nine a pound, and from Lando Lakes, freshly sliced white American cheese, five eighty nine a pound. Uh, we have short rump steak on sale for five ninety nine a pound. The bottom round roast for four eighty nine a pound. And with that, we also have the Genoa Capicola Hot Sweet, seven eighty nine a pound. The KM Old Time Franks for six eighty nine a pound. Our friends at Boston Salad starting tomorrow. The macaroni salads on sale for four eighty nine a pound, and their apple crisp for six eighty nine a pound. And don't forget. When visiting Lord General's convenience stores week after week, you can enter for their weekly raffle of meat and more with a value of no less than $200. Now, no purchase is necessary for entry. And you must enter each week for a chance to win with the drawings to be held on each Monday through January and February. You must fill out the form at your local Lord General stores, one winner per week. And we thank one, we thank Lord General for again sponsoring Recipe for a Good Day on your Wednesday. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until we do meet again, we'd simply say, Bon Appetit. <laughs>